Well, kia ora te whanau. Uh, so good to be together. We're opening the Bible now. This is that time in the service. And uh, it is good to be together. And uh, in what is, uh, has been a very tough week in many ways, hasn't it? On the one hand, the, the coronavirus is kind of lifting off us, although it's still hammering other parts of the world. Uh, and then also, I don't know about you, but like so many, I felt quite churned up and grieved really at some of the scenes I've seen on the tally this week and uh, especially to do with the death of George Floyd and, and what it says to us about ourselves and about our world, about mankind. And I guess all these things highlight for me the fact that we just so need God, don't we? We, we so need God. And I guess really it's in the light of that that... Uh, you know, we're going to be meeting tonight down at Whitby Bowling Club, as uh, McKenna said earlier, 7.30. We're going to, we're going to come to God. We, we so need him in these days. And, and in the light of that, you know, it also occurs to me again that one of the greatest gifts of the new covenant is God with us. God is with us. And God is with you and he is with me. It's a wonderful, wonderful gift that God can now be with us. Just staggering, really. It's a beautiful arrangement that God has made. And that really hasn't been seen since the days of the Garden of Eden. And if you look back to the Garden of Eden, you can remember Adam and Eve and just imagine them walking in the garden in the cool of the day and, and spending time with God. And I often wonder the conversations they had back then. And I, I guess even Adam just asking God, where do we come from? And, and God talking about the first five days of creation with them and, and how wonderful that was. And the whole sense of unclouded intimacy between God and mankind, God and Adam and Eve, a precious, precious time. And then after that, of course, the connection's broken, isn't it? Sin comes in through Adam and Eve, and, and Adam and Eve are cast out of the garden, and that connection's broken. And uh, although God still speaks and still comes to people, it's usually to just one or two for one or two particular purposes, and then he draws away again. The connection's broken. And then after that, of course, is the rise of the, of the tabernacle and the temple, and of course, they were helpful to a point because it meant this, that the presence of God at least was amongst his people. But even then, he was closed off from them, separated through the curtain, unable to be approached because of God's absolute holiness and our destructive sin. And so we couldn't approach God anymore. And uh, if those who tried once or twice, they actually died before the presence of the Lord. He could not be approached. And so for your average Jew at the time, well, hardly a time of the intimacy of the garden just wasn't there. And that arrangement with the temple lasted for several centuries, we know. And then, of course, the sins of the people of God got worse and worse. Until finally they got so bad that God himself had to say, that's enough, I'm going to leave. And he does. And then for the rest of the Old Testament and after the Old Testament, things are so bleak and barren once again. And the Garden of Eden is, is, a, is a distant thought, a memory far into the past. And of course, with the coming of Jesus, everything changes, doesn't it? Because, of course, when Jesus comes, our, our sin, that, that destructive barrier between us and God is, is smashed on the cross as Jesus takes our sin upon himself. Hallelujah. And the way is suddenly open for God to come to us by his spirit, not just to one or two people for a moment, 
But now his spirit is given to all of us because sin is dealt with. The spirit can come to us all and forever. Hallelujah. That's the new covenant. And so I love Acts 2 where it says at one point, it says, In the last days, God says, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. And even on my male servants and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit. And so the, the fullness of his presence is now available to us all. Hallelujah. We can be filled with the presence of God. And that's the new covenant. Yeah, that's the new covenant. God has come to us in ways it could not possibly happen in the days of the old covenant. And I love what Tim Keller says about the new covenant. He actually says this. He says, the same divine glory that would have been fatal to Moses on contact now comes into the hearts of those pardoned by Christ. We can have hearts to praise, sing and pray to a God with joy and reality that neither David nor John the Baptist could know. God will not merely build us a house. He will make us his house. He will fill us with his presence, beauty and glory. Hallelujah. That's the new covenant. Wonderful. We don't go to a house to find God. No, we are that house. We are that house. In other words, you have within you what Moses and David and the Old Testament saints, they longed for and they prophesied about it, but they never tasted it. We taste it. Hallelujah. And so the intimacy of the Garden of Eden isn't just a memory to us. Actually, it can be a restored reality. And the intimacy goes deeper and deeper as time goes by. Hallelujah. And the glorious thing is this, that that's true for wherever you now are. It's true for you, wherever you go. You are the house of God. So whether it's uh, on the train going through to work again or in the office or in the supermarket or in your class at uni or college or as you're walking the dog, wherever you are, you are the house, the temple of God. He is within you. And you know, it's true, as we found back in lockdown level four, when we couldn't go anywhere else, including church, he was still with you. He was still with you because you personally are the house of God. That's wonderful. That's the new covenant. Praise God. Praise God. But listen, as we are now emerging from lockdown as we're beginning to draw the curtains back and we're beginning to see there's more traffic on the roads and we're beginning to think about going to the office again and dropping the kids off at school and and uh, going to the supermarket and going shopping again and things are picking up and stress is beginning to be felt again you know it's true that the church also becomes an issue again to us doesn't it because we have to ask ourselves what are we going to do about church now well, of course, in terms of gathering all together on a Sunday, uh, I can't say too much yet because the government hasn't yet decided what it's going to do. Now, I know tomorrow the government will be deciding what's going to happen. And so we may be together again, all together again at Altair College, possibly next Sunday or the Sunday after, uh, as soon as Altair College is open again for us to hire. So we don't know and we'll get in touch with you as soon as we know anything and keep you in the loop. So we don't know about that. But listen, as we begin to think about gathering again, you know, as we begin to, as we are gathering in, in connect groups and small groups now, uh, 
Listen, I, I wanted to remind you of something this morning. I wanted to remind you of something so profound. And it's simply this. Yes, God is with us as individuals. We are the house of God. But listen, listen, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. In other words, there's a revealing, there's a manifestation of God when you meet up with others and when you contribute, yeah? And you see, this verse here in Corinthians, to put it back into its context, Paul is writing not to an online community or to individuals at home. No, he's writing to the gathered church in Corinth, all right, he's talking about gatherings. And in the following chapter and chapters, he talks about how the Spirit reveals himself as the giftings amongst God's people are displayed. All right, And there's a whole list of spiritual gifts there. And then finally, at the end of that list, and in chapter 14, he goes on to say this. He says, what then shall we say, brothers and sisters, when you come together? Each of you has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue or an interpretation. In other words, when you gather together, there is a manifestation of the presence of God in a whole variety of powerful ways. And we need to understand from this that, that yes, God is with us on our own, but also God is present among us as gathered believers. In fact, I want to put it to you, there is an added dimension when we gather together, a powerful dimension that's not there otherwise when we're just on our own or when we're just watching a screen. Now, I know that cuts across the increasing individualism that's around today, but biblically, I don't think you can escape that. There's something powerful about when we gather. In fact, you can catch the flavor of it right back in Matthew 18, where, where Jesus famously says, he says, where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I among them. Now, if we know that Jesus is with us individually anyway, then we know he's, he's saying here, there's something more when we gather in his name. That's what he's suggesting. And again, the context of this verse is the church, the ecclesia, the gathered assembly. That's, that's what he's referring to here. And he goes on to say this, that he's saying, look, in that gathering, I am, I am profoundly among you. And he goes on to say in the next verse or two, he says about the gathered church, he says, look, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. In other words, whatever else that phrase means, it means this. He's saying there's a heavenly influence and dynamic power in the gathered church, small groups or large. I mean, to be honest, that's why I love it when we gather to pray. You know, whenever we gather desert people to pray, one of the most powerful gatherings we can have. Why? Because we're gathering in his name and Jesus is among us in power. And also means this, that, that, that we have influence in heaven, loosing and binding. And look, I don't know about you, but in these last few days, particularly when we've been so aware, I've been so aware of the, of the chaos in the world out there and the hurt that's out there and the confusion that's out there. And the debate that's going on out there in social media in particular. Listen, listen, I don't, I don't want to get mixed up in debates. Look, I want an audience in heaven. <laughs> I, want to, I want to meet with God and talk about these things. And that's what's happening as we gather together to pray. Jesus is among us. And we have influence in heaven. That's where I want to be. And so tonight at 7.30, look, I'll be down there at the Whitby Bowling Club because I want to meet with God about these things. 
And there's something powerful when we gather. So look, it's, it's powerful whenever the people of God gather together. And actually, you can see this throughout the book of Acts. So in Acts chapter 2, it says that, that when, it was, when they were all gathered together in one place, that the Spirit came. In Acts chapter 4, it says in the early church, when they, when they lifted their voices together to God. And then it says, when they had prayed, the place where they were gathered together was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. You see, what is that? Well, well, that's a manifestation of the Spirit for the common good, together. And on and on you'll see that in Scripture. And listen, to be honest, even in our own stories we know that's true, don't we? I know for me, I grew up totally unchurched. I never walked into a church building before. I was a total pagan in that sense. And then as a teenager, I remember walking into a, a gathering of believers, <laughs> and as they began to worship and they began to prophesy and they began to sing in tongues, I met with God at that moment. God met with me. And he has done so many times since. And that's true of other gatherings as well. For small groups, it's the same. I remember baptizing someone oh, a while ago now. Uh, she was in her 30s and she was a... Uh, she was a business person, really. She was used to being out there uh, amongst merchandise, and she was sharp and sophisticated. And, she, and, and I baptized her, and her story was that she came along to a connect group evening, and she sat in a circle, and connect group did what connect groups do. They, they opened the scriptures, they, they prayed together, they, they ate together. And there came a moment in the evening where her story is she just, she just burst into tears. And her comment was, I don't know what's going on, but God is here. And I want to know him. And she did. And she got saved. Hallelujah. That's a small group. How many times have we seen that happen? Been in small groups or large when the presence of God has been so, so thick amongst us. How many times uh, have we looked out on a Sunday morning? I know I've looked out on a Sunday morning during the worship time. And I've seen unbelievers, really, unsaved folks coming. And I've seen tears rolling down faces they are encountering the presence, the manifest presence of God amongst his people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wonderful. Gathering of believers, Jesus among us. Now, I know some among us will say, but hold on, Peter. Yeah, sure. But, but what about online church? That can be helpful, too. And my answer would be, absolutely it can. Yes, it can be very helpful. Uh, I agree. To those who find it physically too hard to come to the gathering, or you're working strange hours and there's no way to gather, or, or you're just going through a season of life, maybe with little infants or babies and it's really difficult, well, of course, online services can be really helpful. They can serve us very well, like in lockdown level four. <laughs> Helped us hugely. But it's never a substitute for gathering. That's my argument. And my concern, I guess, is this, that in these days when everything's going online now, and you can zoom in and you can zoom out and just at a click of the mouse, you can have your favorite preacher or your favorite worship band at any convenient time. My concern is that there's a growing, I don't know whether you felt it, a growing current of preference now. You can choose. The preference that says, well, but it's just easy to Zoom or go online these days. It, it, I hear people say this. It, it, it suits me better. You know, it's, it's, it's where I'm at as a person. It's more convenient for me. 
And anyway, well, I prefer my own company. <laughs> Convenience and, and ease and, and, and comfort and me. And uh, I guess my concern is that, listen, if we stay online, if we build an online culture, then our Christian life will become more and more all about preference and all about me. And we become the center of it. Where I am the center, there's no sacrifice and no inconvenience at all. Because it's true, isn't it? Gathering together will always require a certain amount of inconvenience, won't it? A certain amount of cost. To go out to a connect group on the evening or, or a Sunday morning or a Sunday morning prayer meeting or a Sunday evening prayer meeting or just gathering, it, it will always require a certain amount of cost, doesn't it? You know, I mean, you've got to get out of bed, for instance. And, uh, but also you've got to gather the kids and get them in the car and sort them out and get there on time. Hey, it's not easy. Or a connect group in the evening. I mean, you know, you're meeting people that you may not necessarily get on with from different backgrounds. You wouldn't naturally choose to be with them or you've had a tiring day in the office. Hey, there's no denying there, there can be an element of cost. And uh, even, dare I say it, a little bit of dying to yourself in order to get there. But listen, can I just suggest something here? And it's this. Any laying down of yourself in preference to God, uh, any laying down of yourself for the honouring of God's presence in the lives of others as you come to encourage them and to be with them is attractive to God and, and draws his presence. I want to put that out to you, which is why maybe Jesus says, look, wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there I am amongst them. You see, online, you can Zoom in. A Zoom meeting, for instance, look, uh, uh, there's no cost really, really at all, is it? You can just step back from the screen. You know, even if you're Zooming in, you can be playing with your phone or, or you know, I'm convinced about this. I'm, I'm convinced that you can probably pre-record yourself looking interested and then go away and watch a film somewhere else. I'm not sure whether you can do that yet, but it's only a matter of time. And I think maybe one or two of you, I saw you doing that at the, uh, at the prayer meeting the other night. I don't know. But, but it's that easy. You can do that, can't you? And uh, it's true. And as for, again, online church services, man, it's even less demanding, isn't it? Because you can just uh, press pause or save it for another moment or fast forward the preacher these days as well, which is, which is a bit disconcerting. You can do all of that. No cost. Nothing is demanded. The point is this, I guess. If we pursue that line, if we draw back from gathering, if we retreat back into our comfortable caves, we will miss out on a whole dimension of the presence of God and actually miss out on a deeper connection, a deeper connection that can only be gained as we gather. And I long for us all to have a deeper connection with God. And actually, you know what? We'll also miss out on a deeper connection to each other. You know, there's a, a commentator, a lady called Sherry Turkle. She says this. She says, digital connections may offer the illusions of companionship without the demands of friendship. Our network life allows us to hide from each other, even as we are tethered to each other. I've gone backwards. Our network life allows us to hide from each other, even as we are tethered to each other. You know, I think that's true. The illusion is, yes, I'm part of a local church, I'm part of a local family. The truth is, we're not. 
We're not. We're just dipping in and out. We're like a flat stone bouncing across the surface of a very deep pond, unwilling to pay the price to get below the surface. And that's our concern. Look, if we want to be a community that's authentic in its experience of God, and if we want to be a community, community that's authentically growing in its love for each other, we need to gather. We will need to gather. Amen? We will need to gather. So in the days ahead, look, we want to continue to put our services online. You say, well, why then? Well, well because they're a wonderful shop front window for those out there who, who are seeking God. And one of the encouraging things over the lockdown period is that people have been checking into their, our online services. And I'm believing, I mean, actually one or two for the first time. So, oh man, we want to recognize online services as, as a ministry, as something we want to really get behind. And of course, also for those who can't meet, it, it can be a lifesaver for them. And so, yeah, absolutely, this could be a wonderful ministry for us. And we want to keep exploring how we do this. But we just need to know that it's not a substitute for church gathering. And that's what I want to put before you today. I guess my urgency is this. I, I want you to understand the spiritual power of being gathered together. That there is a divine agreement. Jesus is among us. There is a, a loosing and a binding. There is an influence we have in heaven. There is an anointing that comes. There is a connection with God that runs deep and a connection with each other that runs deep. There is something powerful. As we gather, <clears throat> we are the house of God in a very special way. Yes, we're the house of God individually, but corporately, we're the house of God too. In fact, Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2, Paul says this. He says, in him you, that's the Ephesian church, you, plural, also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Hear that? Together we are a dwelling place of God by the Spirit. So, so let's gather in, in our small groups, in our prayer gatherings, in our friendships over dinner tables, and our Sunday mornings as well. Let's gather and ask him to fill his dwelling place with his Holy Spirit and then send us out into this miserable and confused world with the gospel of Jesus. Amen? Amen. And let me just say, if you don't belong to a connect group at the moment, hey, please contact the church, contact us. I'll see that you're put in one as soon as I can. It's important that we gather. Hallelujah. Let me just pray. Let me ask God to help us in these days when the world is so confused out there. As I said at the beginning, we so need God. We so need to have him among us that we might bring the troubles of the world to him. Let me just pray and ask God to help us with this. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you so much for the new covenant. <laughs> thank you so much that individually we are your house and you dwell within us by your spirit. We can behold your beauty. And yet, Lord, thank you, too, that you teach us about the power of gathering in your name. And that you tell us that you are profoundly among us when we do. Father, we thank you for that.
And we pray, Lord, as we come out of lockdown as a church, that, Lord, you'd come upon us in the power of your Holy Spirit. You would fill us with your presence as we gather, whether it's in connect groups in the evening, whether it's in small groups in the morning as well, whether it's in our larger gatherings at Altair College. God, we offer ourselves afresh to you. Lord, deliver us from being isolated individualists. Lord, gather us again. Lord, help us to learn to pay the cost, to lay our lives down, our preferences down, that we might honour you amongst each other. God, help us, we pray, as we come out of this, to be stronger, more connected to you than ever, more connected to each other than ever. Father, come upon us in the power of your Holy Spirit in these days. And Lord, I pray as we gather tonight to pray, come upon us. Lord, we know, some of us particularly, we carry the weight and the hurt and the pain of what's going on in the world. Father, all the more do we run to you. Come upon us in these days in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. Amen. God bless you guys. As we come out of lockdown, as we make connections, and as we begin to gather together. God bless you.